Welcome to the Ballroom Podcast, where we dive into everything NBA basketball, as well as everything IU basketball. We are recording this episode on February 22nd, and our mission and goal here at the Ballroom Pod is to provide in-depth analysis and coverage on your favorite, and maybe your not-so-favorite NBA players and teams, while also bringing you all the important information that you need to know about Archie Miller and the poor, poor, poor Indiana Hoosiers. If you enjoy this episode, be a friend and tell a friend about our podcast, and if you don't, just go ahead and act like you never even listened to it and give us a try next week. We're all back. We got a full house with the boys. How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. We good, good but we hurting after that game, dog. Yeah. That we'll get into it later. We're finally getting some game. warm weather too. Yeah. Warm yeah. No melting. I'm hurting all the way around, Jevin. Um, the Warriors are sucking. I use sucking, and I'm down about $150 on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into, we'll get into every aspect of all that. Um, something I I, I want to start p- implementing into this show is. Get, get like our daily picks or for like the next day, like, like heaters. Like we need to everyone get one pick for who they think uh, is a lock when it comes to sports gambling. Um, but we're not going to do that this week. We're going to start off with some NBA talk uh, and something that's floating around um, the internet right now is MVP race. You know, we're, we're 32, 33 games into the end of the season. Um, so that conversation is definitely one that's going to be had. Um, so, so I mean, I'm. Everyone knows there's there's Joel Embiid, there's there's LeBron, and there's players like that. But who do you guys think is uh, not maybe not leading the race, but who who should be who should be definitely in the in the conversation? Steph Curry. Tell me why. I agree with you. Just tell me yeah, why. He's, he's averaging thirty six and six, one steal. Um, they're two horrible, horrible mental errors from Draymond Green away from an eighteen and thirteen record which is a better record than Jokic has, who is another player I think should be in the race. Um, right now, the only thing that's – it would be LeBron, and that's a lot for me to say. It almost kind of breaks my heart to say LeBron should win MVP. But if his – they're one and three without AD, so I got to see him mm-hmm. – I got to see them play better without AD. Yeah. That's my only thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Sean? Uh you see him on Hulu a lot, maybe, but um, Damian Lillard needs to be in this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, and Will was talking about this in the chat earlier. We were going to have the same pick, too. But think about how well he's been carrying that team without McCollum or Nurkic from those yeah. injuries. Like, I was looking earlier today, there was a tweet that said he's 12-3 and three in clutch shots this season yeah that's an absurd percentage for those shots yeah i mean, I mean he, it's fourth quarter damn time for a reason oh absolutely people were like i think the biggest knock on him right now uh when you're not an all-star starter it kind of hurts your rep a little bit but i just don't think that as much as people love dame he doesn't have the I don't think he has the name prominence of Doncic or Steph, of, of course. So those two took those spots. But if you think this team would be the same if McCullum was out there and Dane was hurt? Absolutely not. No. MVP goes to the most important person on a good team. That's Damian Lillard. I agree with you as well. Cook? So... Man, I would have I would have probably picked KD honestly, but with KD coming off of his COVID rest and then literally popping right into a hamstring injury, I'm like, all right. So I don't know. I guess that just wipes a lot of his like time. Kind of pissed me off too. Like I have him in both my fantasy leagues that I was ready for him to play this week. Didn't yeah. didn't help me out. Um, but sticking with the same team, I'm going with James Harden. Um, I think especially over this last little stretch that they've had, uh, he's had a nice, what, two or three triple doubles at least. Right. Um, but then also just throughout the last 10 games, he's averaging 25 points, uh, 11 assists, um, and eight rebounds, almost nine rebounds. So almost a triple double in that sense. Um, just a rebound off. Um, See, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like with Sean and with, with Will, I, I, I agree with them, and I agree with you as well. But the only thing that's stopping James Harden from winning another MVP is the fact that KD is going to get healthy, and Kyrie's already yeah. on his team. 
So I just don't know how long he'll be able to continue on with this, continuing like 35-point triple-doubles like he used to do in Houston whenever he's going to have another option like KD on his team. Correct. I agree. And that's why I think I think it, my option would probably be KD, but I think he's just recently sat out for like almost three weeks. So we haven't really got to see him play much. I mean, I know he's going to be the same old KD, but. Yeah. So you guys have all mentioned who I think should be in this race. I mean, the top five, in my opinion, are, you know, obviously LeBron and Joel Embiid, and then you have Dame and you have Steph, and then you have other players like James Harden. Um, but in my opinion, as of right now, it's a one-two. It's There's two people running this race, and it's LeBron and it's Joel Embiid. And when you look at their stats, Joel's averaging 30, which is really impressive, especially for a big man. Last The last big man to win the MVP was Shaq. Um, but LeBron's averaging 26, uh, set, eight assists, eight, eight rebounds, a steal. Joel Embiid's averaging, you know, almost 12 rebounds, three assists, uh, one and a half blocks and one and a half steals. So they're both all over the floor. Um, they're both shooting above 50% from the field. They're both shooting above 36% from three. Um, free throw, obviously, that's that's LeBron's biggest knock. Um, Joel Embiid shooting about 85% while LeBron shooting like 72. Um, but the reason I'm going to give it to LeBron is because LeBron has played all 31 games compared to Joel Embiid who's only played 25. And that's something like you said, Cook, with, with KD, how – you know, it's hard to give someone who hasn't played all the games. Um, I, I, I just can't get – I mean, listen, I know that the Sixers are 20 and 11, first place in the East, but the Lakers do have a better record. They're 22 and 9. They're second place in the West, but that's only because they're behind the Jazz. Um, yeah, but in my opinion, the only – the thing that's given LeBron a leg up right now is the fact that he's played every single game and he's played the most minutes on his team at the age of 36. I didn't know. That's just my opinion, though. So, who is winning the MVP? I let it off. Who's going to win the MVP? I know you guys want James Harden. You want Steph. You want other players to win. Dame. But who's going to win the MVP? If you had to guess right now, 30-some, however many games into the season. If, if the Lakers can get back to where they were with AD, it's LeBron. Like, there's no question to me. Uh, plus, I mean, I think LeBron should have won a lot more. But people kind of had that fatigue of him winning over and over again so they just were looking for other options uh but i think it's it's about time he's gonna get it again but i want to give an honorable mention to Jokic too dude is absolutely having an insane season i'm gonna go with i think they'll give it to lebron i mean of course anytime i don't want something to happen it happens so if i had to put money on it it'd be lebron yeah, yeah, for future notice, if we do do those, uh, you know, locks of the day, don't yeah, follow bet, Will. Bet the opposite. Bet the opposite of whatever yeah, Will said. Bet the opposite of Will. Um, ooh. I think from the one aspect, Jeff, and like that we both commented, I just think it's still tough to give it to Embiid. I kind of agree with what Sean said. I think LeBron's definitely deserved a lot more. Um, I think I think LeBron would probably get it also. Um I think it would be wild to see Embiid get it. Um, but I think that also just kind of depends on how, like, performances go from here on out. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that anybody would – I mean, like, obviously you have, like, LeBron – like, be, be fans of LeBron who would be upset if Joel Embiid – if he got it. But, I mean, like, you look at his numbers, and I know he has played six less games, but he's still – the numbers speak for themselves. Like, he is putting up great numbers mm-hmm. for his center. Um, and he's definitely helping the team. Oh, so. my gosh, Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's putting look, up those numbers and losing. Right. And you look back, you know, two or you know, like three or four years ago, people thought that Sim- Ben Simmons was going to be the man, the main man on this team, right? Still can't mm-hmm. shoot. I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the league, but he's a liability on offense. And when you have Joel Embiid, it's, it's, I mean, he's definitely their best player, in my opinion. Well, I do, I do like the Steph. I think I think if, if they can get a couple of wins together, I think that he's going to be someone that jumps into that, you know, one or two spot in the MVP race because of how, you know, dynamic he is and how electrifying that he can be whenever playing basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's really – he should be in it now, but those two losses kill us. Yeah. All right, so with MVP discussion out of the way, uh, March 5th, All-Star game, right? Fifth or seventh? Seventh, I believe. Yeah, so March 7th is the All-Star game. It's right, right around the corner. Uh, last week, the beginning of the week, they introduced the starters um, for the East. There is MVP candidate Joel Embiid, uh, back-to-back MVP award winner Giannis, 
Kyrie and KD, if KD can, you know, get healthy, which hopefully he should be by then. Um, and then Bradley Beal, who is, you know, and I think any, all of us can attest that he is more than deserving of a all-star starter spot. Um, I don't, do, you, do you guys want to, you want to dive into who we think on the, on the East should be the reserves or do you want to, you want to just do it all at once and I'll name the, the West starters and we can just go from there. Go ahead and name the West starters. All right, so, yeah. so you have LeBron, MVP candidate LeBron, MVP candidate Jokic, MVP candidate Steph. Luka Doncic is a starter on the West, and then you have Kawhi. So first things first, I'll just say it. Dame should be starting over Luka. Damian Lillard should be a starter over Luka Doncic. And, Doesn't have a name poll. And Luka came out and said it himself. He didn't say Dame specifically, but he said, I shouldn't be a starter in the All-Star game. Which, I don't know, that kind of makes it, I mean, I don't know. If I'm Luca, I'm not saying that for sure, but. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but you have players like, you have two players from, you know, Indy. You have Malcolm Brogdon, Demonis Sabonis. Will, will one of them get in? Will both of them get in? Zach Levine, he'll, he should make it. And if he doesn't, it's a, someone should be fired from their job. But when looking at all this, who, who, should, who, who is the first person that you'd want to see selected as a reserve? On either side, east or west, Harden. Yeah, I mean you gotta. It they're all gonna make it. It's just about time. Uh, right. I do agree. If Zach Levine does not make this All Star game, it's a crime. It's an absolute crime. He's been snubbed before. Um, honestly, Julius. I I think Delmas is gonna make it over Miles still. Yeah, I think Julius Randall deserves a spot. I yes 100% I, I agree Julius Randle deserves that spot well 100% he leads his team in like what four different categories yeah yeah and the and the Knicks are actually like they're relevant they're real change yeah well well I don't know about you but I man I think Kelly Oubre might deserve a spot on this all-star team you know what if we can get rid of Draymond <laughs> Kelly Oubre should be on the damn all-star team <laughs> no but in all seriousness I think James Harden should be in there if you actually want to watch just because it's an all-star game, you need to put James Harden in there and Zach Lemieux as well. All right. I think I'm going to say it. Chris Paul needs to be an all-star. 100%. No, I think he will be. Chris Paul needs to be an all-star. Just just based on uh, the ability to take that Suns team from what they were to where they are now, um, and what their best start since like 2005, 2006, um, that man deserves to be an all-star. I mean, we've seen multiple performances where he has like 15 and 15 this year when it comes to points and assists. Um, I just think he's a staple in the NBA and he's, you know, he's towards the back end of his career. And when, when that happens with some players, we, we tend to see them get into the, get selected to all-star games like D Wade did, like Kobe did. Um, yeah. And like, and I, I, someone else who don't be surprised if he comes out and says this wants to be his last all-star game, Melo, Carmelo, you know, they might, they might say he can come in and be an all-star just like they did. Uh, I think it was Dirk and D Wade, right? Their last seasons. They said that you guys are both honorary all-star players. Mm-hmm. They both got to play, um, even though. Well, hell, Clay Thompson was eighth in the All Star voting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's just fan right. Yeah, Caruso's on there too, man. I mean, that's the same thing last year. Taco Fall and Alex Caruso were like third in their respective positions in in conference. It's just fan voting. But yeah, I don't know. I think for the most part, they except for the one player in Luca, I think they got the starters right. Bradley Beal. I mean, man, about time he got a little bit of recognition. Yeah, I mean, what he's he's, deserving. He's the well, he's the leading scorer in the NBA, second leading scorer in the NBA. Which they just did. They did the like same thing that they've done the past couple of years, where they do the picks, correct? Yeah, I think it's LeBron and KD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, like, did they only get to pick from those basically those eight people, or could they? No, they haven't picked yet. The starters are given to them. Yeah. So so so. The first, so KD and Kyrie, or KD and LeBron, will have eight options to pick from. They 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 have to pick from the starters before they pick reserves. So that bar, that that bar is a good question. Let's say so LeBron's going to get the first pick because he had the most votes. So if you're LeBron, who is the first person that you take out of those? Steph, Steph my God. Let's <laughs> be foolish here. He will take Steph. Guarantee it. If he guarantee it. Guarantee. Guarantee it. Will thought he approved? See, I can't do that now because now he won't. 
Well, he's definitely not going to take Kyrie over Steph. No, no. Oh, hell no. He's not going to take Giannis over Steph because he wants to prove that, you know, he's still the man. Like, he is still at the top. And Giannis is that person for the last two seasons who's been trying to take it down. He's not – I mean, I, I don't see why he wouldn't pick Steph. I don't think – he won't pick Kawhi because that's LALA. He, he probably won't do that. Steph and, he'll take Steph and then Jokic. So he'll, no, he'll probably... so he'll take Steph and then Ooh. KD will take Kyrie. He's yeah, that's, that's exactly how it'll go. Yeah, he'll take Steph, KD, he'll take Kyrie. And then he I might take Joel. I bet he goes and beat. I bet he goes and yeah, beat. I was going to say he might actually go and beat thinking about it. Yeah. That'd be tough. Who are you picking? If you, I mean, if you had everybody on the list, and let's just say you could pick one person to start your all-star team with, who are you picking? Steph. Steph. KD. KD. If he's healthy. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about from the reserve. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no if you had everybody, and, and it's you. Sean, you are picking yeah. one person to start your all-star team with yeah. out of these 10 players. So it's an all-star game. It's not a regular season stint. Right, yeah, no, it's just an all-star game. Yeah, we and know I'm you're picking Steph. Steph anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking Steph, Steph an all-star game, KD in a regular season. I'll take KD, yeah. KD's – I think I think I'm with Will. I think I'm going to take Steph. <laughs> so I, see, I, I would take Steph or Kyrie before I took KD. We've seen what Kyrie can do in all-star games. I mean, you see what Kyrie can do with the ball in general. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Kawhi win it last year? I mean, it, it's random, pretty much. It just depends on who decides what they want to go off that night. Yeah, that's true. Steph who decides when they want to go off in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm here to say it right now. Steph gets paired with LeBron. I will put $100 on it that he wins finals MVP. I mean, fuck. All-star game MVP. <laughs> right here, right now. They Also, I forgot that they're doing the uh, – They're doing the skills – what? No, well, they're doing. They do the ending now, like that one. The, the Elam ending. Yeah, the Elam ending. Yeah, the, the Elam ending. Um, man, so I forgot. Yeah, they'll probably be lit in the third and the. Oh, yeah. There is no fourth quarter now. It's just literally like the fourth quarter starts and it goes to that. Right. Score. I mean, it'll be it'll be just as exciting as it was last year, barring oh, yeah. any players not wanting that. Because I mean, LeBron's come out and said, "Listen, why why the hell are we playing an All Star game?" Oh, there's yeah. I guess like most of the people in that starting group that they picked were kind yeah. of like why the hell are we doing this right i think a lot of them more or less probably i don't know i don't want to speak for them but i think a lot of them also realize that it's not going to be like a normal all-star weekend it's going to yeah. be like a weekend away they're flying down they're going to have to quarantine do their bullshit to make sure that they're safe and then as soon as they get done it's back to their city where they have to do the same exact thing before they go back to their team probably so yeah, and I will say, you know, we're all from Indiana, so it, it is a bummer not having that all-star game in Indianapolis like it was supposed to be, just for the city of Indianapolis. Not that any of us, you know, we're planning on going we to go. We got it back in, I think, 2024, 2025. Yeah, just three years, four years from now. We'll so, make it this year, so. Yeah. It'll be However, nice they did Indiana. announce March Madness, there will be fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. 500 fans. Yep. Yep. Um, but we'll, we'll be the same <laughs> still. But. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I want to ask one more question on the all-star thing. Um, so we've named the starters. We've named a couple people that can come off as reserves. Who is the first person you're taking as a reserve? So, we, I mean, there's people like Levine, Harden, you know, Dame, Book, like Devin Booker. Who, who's, the, who's the name that sticks out the most to you that if you saw it, you wouldn't be able to, to not take them? I'd, I'd go Dame, personally. Yeah. Dame is fair, but honestly, for some reason, I'm getting pulled – to Jason Tatum, I've just been really. Every game I've watched him recently, he's just. They impressed. suck. Celtics suck. <laughs> yeah, they blew that twenty-point lead and cost me that bet. But I mean, he's still impressive. I'm and taking Randall. He's not making this All Star game. You're lying. Yeah, he's. I'm taking Randall. Tatum's fantastic, he's but their been, team's he's been too hard. Yeah, um, I, I like that. I mean, Tatum's a name that we just we haven't said. I like that pick, and of course, I mean, we've discussed what Randall does for his team, so. Who are you taking, Will? I said Dame. You said Dame. Dame, Dame. yeah. I'm taking Levine. It's not even close. Am I thinking Levine's winning MVP this All-Star game? No, I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just taking him first off of my reserves. It's not close. It is not close. You guys think Zion's making his first one? Yeah. He should. Yeah, he 100% should. Yeah. 
But that's going to do it for our, you know, little MVP talk. Something happened, uh, was it yesterday? The day before? It was uh, like last night. Yeah, the Timberwolves made a decision to fire their head coach and then hire a new coach in probably 10 minutes is what it felt like. Um, they fired the head coach, Ryan Saunders, immediately. Um, Raptors assistant coach Chris Finch uh, was assigned as the new team coach. Um, listen, I don't follow the Timberwolves very much. I like to follow Cat. I like to follow Edwards. D'Lo's been hurt. He just had surgery. So they've been a team that's really fl- flown under the radar. Um, and they're not very, you know, good this year. Uh, so was it the right decision to move on from someone um, that, you know, was a young head coach? He hasn't – obviously the team hasn't shown very much up, upbringing or, like, up, they, haven't, they haven't performed uh, to the standard that I'm sure they want to. But was it the right decision to move on from Saunders? Um, barring that it matters, again, who the hell watches the Timberwolves anymore? I know one Timberwolves fan. Um, but looking at their roster, their benches. Jesus, my God, it is awful. Want to read names? Ed Davis, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jake Lehman's on there. Uh, we got Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Nowell, um, Nas Reed, who I actually liked at LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jared Vanderbilt's a starter. Rico Rubio's still a starter. I mean, wow. He's back in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, that's where they're at. Um, they don't have a single player. I about said over six nine, but I forgot. Cat six eleven. Um, <laughs> it's it's pathetic. So they need to fire their whole front office instead of their coach, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, I not I don't I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for me and Will because he just said it. Don't really watch Timberwolves games. You know, I think the most I've, I've seen of them was that dunk the other night that Edwards had, which was, my God. I mean, my God, that was a nice dunk. Mass uh, murder. Yeah, I mean, it's first-degree murder. Uh, Buddy but he stood up. But he stood up and push, was like, push. you pushed me. <laughs> no, you just got sent to your grave. <laughs> That's what happened. No, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where if it works out, it's going to be one of the best moves they made for fr- for their franchise. If it doesn't work out, I mean, what? Try it again. Fire that coach, get a new head coach type thing. You know what I mean? That's coming from someone who doesn't watch hardly any Timberwolves games. So take that for what you want for the people who are listening. And Cat and uh, D'Lo have only played, what, five or six games together? Yeah. Uh, he only got five games with Cat and D'Lo together. But I guess, like, you also got to kind of look at it from the standpoint of D'Lo's, like, injured. Mm-hmm. There's not, I guess, a whole lot he could really do from that. So. I, I personally would have waited until – yeah, I, I would have waited until probably at least the end of the season because this season's chaos enough as it is. Like, yeah. just take it and run it through. Because um, I thought it was just so bizarre. But, I mean, I feel like Toronto is just like a farm farm team for, like, coaches. I feel like every time you hear of, like, a coach going and getting a job, it's from, like, some aspect of Toronto. Like also, got, I mean, they're not even playing well this year. Like, they're just now kind of maybe starting to click. Yeah, that's why, that's why I was curious. What is their goal? Are they trying to make the playoffs? Because that's not going to happen. Are they going to try to increase ratings? Because that's definitely not going to happen. I mean, so, if, they, if Anthony Edwards keeps dunking the way he's dunking, they're going to increase ratings. Let me tell you what. For yeah. Instagram stories, maybe, but nobody will <laughs> watch their games. They'll just be on for the Anthony Edwards highlights. <laughs> That's on the Sports Center Snapchat. That's Thank just the first you. clip you see. Yeah, I mean, you just see Anthony Edwards nuts in that man's mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I need to just click through this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally, I mean, it was House of Highlights, Hoops Highlights, uh, Frankie Vision, uh, ESPN Sports Center, like, like, just back to back to back to back to back to back. It's all I saw on my on my Instagram. Oh my god! But I mean. As far as that really goes, it's just kind of one of those things you're going to have to, you're going to, have to wait and see what happens. Um, it's not something that's probably going to change within the next week. Like, it, you're not going to see major improvements from a team that's hiring a brand-new coach who has yet to have two of their best players play more than five games together. Um, so that's kind of just going to have to be something we kind of wait and see. Um, but moving on, it's something that we've been doing for a couple of weeks. It's the performance of the week, uh, your personal player that you enjoyed watching the most 
um, in a single performance. Um, is there anyone who wants to go first? Anyone who wants to get that first player off their chest? I Will has yes, to go before – or no, Cook has to go before Will. So oh, we'll, 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 we'll go, we'll why go, go after. Why don't I go after Will? So he can rebuttal. <laughs> so we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. Sean, Cook, Will, and then I'll go last. All right. Why is Sean going first? Don't worry yeah, about it. Because I said, not, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm not in about it, Curry. Yeah, listen. Hey, Warriors can't finish first, and neither can you, buddy. All right. Yeah. Don't don't worry about it, Curry. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Jamal Murray. Have to. Someone has to do. Fitty bomb. Yeah. Fitty bomb with no free throws. <laughs> yeah. And what, shot like 85 percent. He shot eighty four percent. Second most efficient fifty point night ever. Yeah. Only one higher than him. Will Chamberlain. And that's because think, think about who yeah. Will Chamberlain was doing it too. <laughs> hey, yeah. kids like me. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing a bunch of Will Fowdy. <laughs> no, but a hundred percent. They were playing the Cavs, right? Yeah, game. they were. They got the was, win, right? It was competitive. Yep. And he just kept going and going, and I was like, I eventually tuned in because my friend was watching the game. He's like, "You gotta watch this." Yeah, I think 50 came on a real a real big dunk, too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and it happened to be on Jokic's birthday, so, I mean, like... Yeah, it's cool. Perfect yeah. gift for him. I mean, listen, we all know he could do it. We saw what that man did in the bubble. He is a professional scorer. He knows how to put that ball in the basket. He's, he's been a little sluggish so, to start this year so far, but, I mean, actually, here recently, you've kind of seen him take it up a little notch or two. Um, Only though. It was kind of weird, I, I saw 50 and I saw career high and I could have sworn he had 50 in the bubble last year. That's what yeah. I thought. Too. Yeah, I could I was like, bro, I know this man had 50. I That's what I, I thought. But he's got it now. Yeah, yeah. He he has it now. That's for sure. That's a great pick. That I mean, that's someone who well, at least one of us had to take. For sure. All right, Cook. No, it's Will. Okay, so <laughs> um performance of, of the week, obviously you gotta go. Jamal Murray, but throughout the whole week, I'm going to go Dame. Um, he had 31, 7, and 10 in a win over the Thunder. He had 43, four rebounds, and 16 assists. Damn. And he went, went over the Pelicans. And then he had 35, six rebounds, and 12 assists, assists, and a loss to the Wizards, shockingly. I'm pretty sure that game against the Thunder too. He hit like three straight threes in the fourth quarter to give them yeah. what the lead, and then and then continue to, to stretch the lead a little bit. Yeah. So performer of a week, I'm going Damian Lillard. But if we're going off one performance, obviously you got to give it to Jamal Murray. Now let's hear whatever is about to piss me off. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say you definitely saw this performance. Um, it better not be Kelly Oubre. Be oh, no. no, no, you're, you're good. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I'm going with uh, the scariest person in the league, um, Scary Terry. Um, I'm going with his uh, 36 point night on, let me get you a spread here uh, 63% field goal, 72% three point, and 100% from the free throw line. So that's a uh, 63, 72, 100. Um, and on top of that, he is looking real scary this year in the league in general because of his top performances he has a 42 point game shooting 65 percent from the field 62 percent from the three a 35 point game shooting 66 percent from the field 63 percent from the three a 34 point game shooting 70 percent from the field 66 from the three and then a 41 point game with a 65 and a 60. okay so let's get down to why you really chose him it's because he beat the warriors Steph Curry he put 38, and he put 38 on Steph's head. He put 36. He put 36 on 63 and 72. Has Steph done that this year? 63 and 72? Let's be honest. He might have scored 40, but has he shot 63% from the field and 72% from the three in the same oh, game? On. He's put up those how numbers. How many games did he shoot? How many games? How many shots did he shoot? Okay, but what I'm telling you also is he's done this for five different games. Curry ain't probably done it for one this year. I don't know. He might have more. He might have more points, but he he he's leading the NBA in points, by the way. Um, that's fine. Yeah, he ain't shooting on a spread like this, though. Doesn't matter. 
done that at all. Scary. And so, I mean, did it over the scary Warriors. I mean, look, t- Terry Rozier's scary, but so is that Hornets team. I mean, if they can get rolling, they're they're. I mean, they're always a fun team to watch. Get Devonte Graham to figure it out. Well, I mean, uh-huh. you guys realize Steph Curry did not play. Yeah. So I had no idea. I don't really care. He's out uh, until I, what? I, I, He's it, out until what? Care. Tomorrow. It matters. No, yeah, no. He he. That was the game where he was he like left because he didn't feel good, right? Yeah, yeah whatever. Until like tomorrow, I think. For his illness. Yeah. So let's not overreact to them beating Kelly Oubre and Draymond Green, who, by the way, the Warriors should fully fund a therapy session with me and Draymond <laughs> for about a month. One-on-one every night on Zoom. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. My player, I'm a, dude, we're going we're gonna to end that where it was. February twenty sixth, we'll see him back together. We'll see. We'll see who gets the bet. We'll see who gets the better matchup right there. Terry Rozier yeah. versus Seth Curry. We'll see. Scary. You better hope. <laughs> Will you better hope that Terry Rozier does not have a better game than Steph? It won't happen. <laughs> it will be scary. <laughs> Gordon Hayward is leading the team in points, so I'm not too worried. So we'll see what happens then. That's fine. Gordon Hayward's a bucket. He sucks. Get over it. He's not good anymore. He is a bucket. <laughs> He's average. He's very average. Okay, bud. All right, so my player, um, I'm taking Zach Levine versus the Kings. He had 38, four rebounds, three assists, and three steals. In 36 minutes, he saw 75% from the field and 50% from three, so not scary Terry numbers, but, you know, it's still still definitely pretty good numbers. It's like, man, probably Steph numbers. Um, in a 122-114 to 114 win against the Kings, I don't need to go into it. We don't need to take any more time on this segment. Listen, you got Scary Terry, you got Zach Levine, uh, Dame, and uh, Jamal Murray. Four performances and performers of the week that, you know, had a great week, had great performances. Could have picked 10 other people. Joel Embiid had a 50% yeah. – a 50-point 50, a 50 performance we could have picked. Um, he deserves to be on someone's list or someone's pick. But that's going to do it for our NBA talk. Um, talk, you know, MVP race, uh, possible all-star uh, – starters or who the starters are in possible uh, reserves. T-Wolves, did they make the right decision? Did they not? Um, and then our, obviously what you just heard in our picks of the week for performances and performer. Now, this is the part of the, uh, this is the part of this episode where we all get a little upset because it seems like our Indiana Hoosiers cannot get wins when they need to. And it's been that way for the three years that I've been here at school. They hosted two conference opponents um, as this is a big 10 only schedule this year in Assembly Hall in Bloomington over the past week. Uh, they went one and one They split the games. Um, they only have four more games left, so they need to go at least two and two if they want to make the tournament and probably win a game in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but on Wednesday, they hosted Minnesota. Um, they had a really impressive uh, offensive showing. It was the first time that they as a team have shot over 50% in a game. Um, they won 82-72. to 72. Jerome, Armand, and Al went perfect from behind the arc. Um, they shot fi- almost 50, almost 60% from three that night. There was five players who scored in double figures. Uh, there, I mean, with every IU game that has positives, there's always negatives. And IU once again had a turnover problem with 17 turnovers. Um, and that's, that's, that, that comes off of a game where we had however many against Ohio State where Archie Miller said that, you know, we wanted to have 10 or fewer in every game. I don't think we've hit that mark once since he said it. Um, but, I mean, what, what what were your takeaways from that game? We'll get into the Michigan State game a little later because I think there's more to talk about when it comes to that. But all in all, obviously, I wasn't pretty impressed whenever Minnesota came into town. Yeah, um, I feel super glad about our free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. The fact that Race Thompson shot 6 of 10 from the free throw line, I mean, gives me goosebumps. Um, that's my biggest takeaway from it. If we can shoot – over 75% from the free throw line, we will be just fine. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would say, except, except, to, except against Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Lose either way. So uh, I don't care if we shoot 100% from the line. I thought for the, what, probably one of the first times this season, Minnesota was like the first game that from the start to literally the end, like we were basically ahead the whole time. Like we right. didn't really have like a, it didn't really look like we had a problem. Uh, like keeping the lead either. 
Um, I know we, well, we ended up winning by like 10. It seems probably a little bit closer than what it was, but I think we were pretty consistently up by like 10 throughout most of the game. Um, so I think it was nice from that standpoint, kind of like you said, just us like actually having a good offensive night um, and being able to see that, you know, we can fucking score the ball. Um, but it's just like, obviously, like we'll talk about it more. We turned around and then like Michigan, Michigan State, the next game, we just couldn't score. Yeah. Literally collapsed. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think my biggest takeaway was our offensive like power, how like well we did on offense that game. Um, just because, like I mentioned, we never really had a point where we were down. It felt like we, we controlled the game the whole time with yeah. our offense for a change, not our defense. John? No, I agree. I mean, I just think our overall shooting all over was the best it's been on practically all year. Having three players go perfect from behind the line. Yeah. If you have that every game, it'd be tough to lose. But yeah, uh, 100%. But man, going over 50% from the free throw line was just the happiest thing. That's all. I was like, all right, well, we're actually not missing for once. It's just a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Al has been our biggest saving grace, low key on free throws. He's shooting really well. Yeah, he oh. always shoot, and he always shoots them late into the game too. And he's always yeah. just not standing up there and knocking down free throws. So, yeah. so I was at the game. I got to cover it for my internship. Um, and my two biggest takeaways, which is something that I've noticed throughout the entire year, but whenever teams come to Bloomington, there is always one person on that team who decides to have a career day. Jamal Mashburn Jr. had 19 points as a freshman uh, in his first game in Assembly Hall. Um, he's a freshman. He's been playing well, but, I mean, 19 points. Uh, and, I mean, it, it was impressive to watch. And, it, I mean, you, you, being there, you, you when he got the ball, you were just like, well, this shot's going up, and he's probably going to score. Uh, but that was my first takeaway. But my second takeaway is, I mean, Cook, something that you mentioned was, you know, starting from, you know, jump ball to the last buzzer. Trace Jackson Davis played hard from the tip until the very end. He started the game. I, well, he did Michigan State as well. Started the game with like an early eight points in the first four minutes. Um, included like two or three dunks right at the very beginning. Um, he just looked to assert himself early, which is something that him, he's been hard on himself and so is Archie. Um, so it was definitely good to see that uh, come into fruition with him, you know, starting to finally be aggressive. But as mentioned, uh, unfortunately mentioned, wasn't our only game of the last week. Um, the Hoosiers did look to go back-to-back -back wins and make it three of their last four on Saturday. Um, but they played a up-and-down game, which was kind of opposite from what we've seen uh, Indiana play. Usually Indiana's down, and they try to work their way up. This game, we were up 19-6, to and Michigan State worked their way back into the game. Um it was the first win Tom Izzo has had in the Archie Miller era against the Hoosiers. Um, Michigan State came back to win 78-71, to 71, and it was, a, it was a great win for Michigan State, if, if you're from that point of view. It was a pretty tough loss to swallow, um, being an IU fan. Um, it, I mean, you, you, look at the, you look at the score the scorecard. Trace did have 34-9. Race had 15, a tough 15-6. Um, Armand had, Arman had a quiet 13, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he hit, he hit a couple big threes at the end. Um, but Trace, Race, and Armand combined for 62 of IU's 71 points. Now, what, people who aren't watching this, Will is just pulling his hand down his face. I mean, like, that, that, just saying that, if we win that game, we're going, wow. You know, that's great out of those three players. But the fact that we lost that game – that it shows itself a little bit more, in my opinion. That loss shows how bad of a game Rob Fennessy had. He's so much better when he gets into the middle of the lane, mm -hmm. is aggressive, looks to kick. He's so hesitant when he catches the ball on the three-point line anymore. And, and, the way, and the way that you're describing when he's successful, he did against Minnesota, and that's why yeah. we the leads like we did and win by 10. He's so important to this team when he plays well, and he hurts us so much when he plays how he usually does. He can't, he can't have more turnovers than points. I mean, that's an issue. Yeah. Three turnovers, zero points. Didn't get to the free throw line at all, over four from three. Um, Armand Franklin missed two really big free throws. Granted, he had a good game other than that. Yeah. 
Um, it's just about momentum. Like those two free throws don't seem to matter on the box score, but in, in all reality, they do when you're watching the game. Yep. Sean, what, what, what was your biggest thing when watching that game? I mean, it's just like you said, dude, every time a team comes in here, one of them just goes off. And people are going to see Trace's 34, but they're going to look at Aaron Henry and be like, well, he got the win. He got the win. We got 27. Indianapolis native, played high school ball, downtown Indy. It's, yep. uh, it's, it, 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 it makes it even more of a hard pill to swallow when it's a guy that literally just played an hour away in high school. It must have felt great for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but Aaron Henry gave me my worst uh, defensive highlight in high school. It was my very first varsity game. Didn't think I was ever going to go in, so I didn't read the scouting report. Didn't know he was a lefty. Didn't know he was a top 50 player in the country. I let him go left. He jumped up. I jumped up. He continued to go up. And I stopped moving up in the air, and he dunked on me. He did. Um, it's, my, it's my one moment of high school basketball that I regret the most. So, Aaron, if you're listening, which hopefully you aren't, um, this is really embarrassing, uh, but thank you for that. Um, but, yeah. His 27 points were huge. I mean, that that's yeah. what fueled their comeback. I mean, we have it on the, on the sheet, 52 points in the second half. Mm. I mean, that's that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points for a team, for an offense who isn't very good, and it's a lot of points to give up for some for a team like Indiana whose defense is regarded as pretty good, sometimes elite, but pretty good. Yep. Man, when Will texted that in the chat afterwards, when I looked and it said 52 points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 52, like Jevin just mentioned, I feel like 52 is good for a lot of teams in college basketball this year to put up. Like, not just, yeah, like, I'm just a lucky Michigan State. Like, if you're putting up 52 and a half, like, you might as well be Gonzaga. Hmm. Like. Uh, even, real quick, real quick update for the people who are gambling. Drake did just defeat Evansville for uh, 74 to 63, so mine and Will's parlays are still alive continue sorry of course mine will get mine will of course it'll lose um i was gonna say did they even have have (laughs) in the michigan ohio state game did either team even have 50 in that half no Uh, i mean i I know i know michigan ended up with 82 points i don't know what they had at the i don't know what they had i think it was right under 50 i think it was like 40 i think it was literally like 41 39 or like 41 43 something like that just, just swallow that. Those, both those teams were playing great basketball in that first half, and neither of them broke Eclipse 50, and we gave up 52. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it's one of those games where if you were watching it, you are like, okay, we're, we're up by 13 points, but Michigan State's missed a lot of open shots. Man, so are we, but Gabe Brown, he starts hitting a couple, and then Aaron Henry starts knocking down a couple, and then Josh, Man, and then Josh Bankford how- starts hitting a couple shots, and you're like – I mean, we could be down by 20 if they would just hit their shots at the beginning of the game. Oh, Josh Bankford. Right he's he's got to be 23, 22. Who? Josh Langford. Yeah, so last season he was out because of uh, the injury. So I'm thinking he might have got like a Colin Hartman, like medical redshirt type thing. Uh, if he didn't already. I mean, I guess he didn't. He could have not redshirted his freshman year. I don't think he did because that's when they had Miles Bridges and all that. But oh well, that's besides the point. So, um, so Indiana goes one and one, right? Indiana goes one and one. We have four games left. I think it's it's Rutgers, uh, Michigan State again, and then Michigan, and then uh, Purdue. Michigan's our second game. Michigan's so so Rutgers and then Michigan and then Michigan State and then Purdue. I mean, you look at that. Michigan's the fifth best team in the country. Michigan State just beat us. Rutgers beat us earlier this year, and Purdue beat us earlier this year. Yeah, hear me out. Hear me out. Go ahead. We could go 0 for 4. Oh, yeah. It's more, likely, it's more likely that we go 0 for 4 than we go 2 for 2. Yeah, I, I, very, I see a very heavy 0 for 4 coming. Considering we have three of them away, and our one home game is Michigan – no. But here's the thing. I, mean, <laughs> I like playing on the road against Ruggers, however. We have a chance there. Here's the thing. If, so, I if still Indiana basketball one on one, we win the games we're not supposed to. We'll beat Michigan. If we win one of those games, it'll be Michigan. 
Listen, no. I don't think it's going to happen at all. But I'm just saying, if we lose the Rutgers, then we lose Michigan State. Fuck it. We'll beat Michigan when they come into Indiana. If we go one and three and we get bounced the first round of the tournament, forget about it. Yeah, we're not in. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you. So, if, we go, so, if we go 0 for 4 to end the season, I am taking a tent and I am putting it outside of assembly and I am camping there until they pack little Archie bags. <laughs> Jesus. So, I mean, that, that begs the question. Do you guys think we're going to make the tournament? I think – I'm going to say yeah. Still. According to Joe Lenardi's uh, bracketology, we are the last four in as of right now. Yeah, so think- if we go – we literally have to – we have to win two games. Yep. I think if we – I think if we go one and three, no. So see, if we go, if one, we go one and three, we and have we go, to win one big. We have to win at least one game of the Big Ten tournament. Minimum, minimum, probably two. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think we're beating in the Big Ten tournament on a neutral site? Well, I mean, as of right now, as of right now, we're at eight seed. Minnesota's a nine seed. We'll play them. That's fair. We got to beat Ruggers. End of story. I don't give a shit what anybody says. If we don't beat Ruggers, forget about making the tournament. Pack your bags, little Archie. Yeah. Hey, so the, the the biggest game is always the one that's coming up next, and Indiana's had to say that for what feels like three years in a row. But I've, that's uh, all we have. I mean, unless you guys have something you want to add. Um, we've, we've been going for – I mean, we're 50 seconds away from about an hour of runtime. So, you guys got anything else that you want to you want to throw in there, whether, whether it's NBA talk or god-awful Ohio basketball? If we can win one game, I just hope it's Purdue. It's all I care about. Honestly. I'd rather make the tournament. I want to make the tournament. So I feel like thank you. We're such a we would be such a dangerous team in the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Man, I don't know. Else said this. If we're playing Are one you? game. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go, Sean. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and burst your bubble right now. We're not gonna win at Mackey. It's not gonna happen. I think we'll lose to Purdue and Michigan. So do I. And I think oh, we're gonna and hopefully we beat Rutgers and Michigan State. Yeah, and I think I think we'll we'll actually you know before we before we uh, end this episode prediction for Rutgers we're not, we won't we won't get in the Michigan game because I just don't want to don't want to touch on that but uh, predictions for Rutgers we're going to we're going to New York so will will lead, lead us off I am gonna. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say a score. And I'm not gonna game on the game. Okay. I want everyone else to say a score. I'm not gonna say a score because I swear. I I told Sean this earlier. I'm 0 and 12 on betting on ranked teams. I'm not gonna say a score, so I refuse to say a score. Everybody else can go ahead. All right. Indiana is going to waltz in to Rutgers Arena and win by a score of 64 to 63. <laughs> <laughs> shootout or a comeback close game the whole time from jump to final buzzer close game i'll tell you what they just lost their last game mm-hmm. so did we yeah that's more normal for us that's true yeah we're about to come in and we're about to take their wrath and you already know it so we were gonna kill them or what kill us no nah, we don't we don't no. I think it's going to be – we're going to lose by less than 10, but I don't think it's going to be close. Well, see, IU doesn't get blown out, but we also don't blow teams out. So, I mean, like, yeah. minus the Texas game and the Ohio State game, we haven't lost a game by what seems like more than 10, but we've only, you know, won a game by, like, what seems like at least – or at most 10. So, I don't think we're going to get killed in any game, even the Michigan game. I know we, I said before this, we're going to get beat by 35. We're not going to get beat by 35. It's going to be a closer game. It always is in the Big Ten, and it always seems to be that way with IU. So that's why, like I said, 63-62 or 64-63, whatever I said, I don't even remember, but I don't see us getting blown out. What do you think the percentage chance is we go 4-0 in our last four games? About 6%. What do you say? About 6%. I'd say it's less than that. I'm here to say right now. I'm saying it's less than one. If we go 4-0, I will run down Kirkwood naked in the middle of the day. If we go 4-0, Will will shave his eyebrows. I will shave. I'll cut my hair. I will shave my whole body. 
this uh, I just want to make sure this is recording. Yes, we do I, have that on tape. I swear to God. So it's we're out gonna there. Start, we're gonna start two and zero, and Will's gonna start sweating. Yeah, no, look, look, we're gonna beat Rutgers, and then the Michigan. If we beat Michigan, I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're not walking into Mackey and winning. So it's gonna be the last game, and he's like, "Come on, Purdue, come on." <laughs> <laughs> no, but Cook, you got one. Man, I think this Rutgers game is tough. I could see us – I just kind of see us losing, though, in the same, like, sense as, like, Sean said. I don't think it's going to be, like, a bad loss. Um, I don't know. We got to bounce back something crazy. Yeah. Um, that last – the just second half, I feel like more or less of the Michigan State game was just so tough to watch. Um I don't know. I don't think we have two back-to-back halves like that, but we just need to come out like the Minnesota game if we want any chance of, I think, winning the Rutgers. Well, game. I mean, even the Michigan State game, we got to, I mean, we came out hot that game. We just got to keep it consistent. Yeah. We just had to put two halves together, like the like the Minnesota game. Right. Yes. Um, correct. But I think it's tough. I think we, I could see us really losing the Rutgers at Rutgers by a couple yeah. of points. I mean, we went, we got, we got beat there last year. That's what, like, and like you guys both mentioned, like, we don't really, I mean, unless it's those top tier teams, I don't think we really, we lose too many teams by a lot, but it's just such a painful loss to watch. Yeah. So I think the consensus is that we are going to lose. Unfortunately, that's minus a project, a, 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 a projection from Will. Sorry, stutter problems. Uh, but we don't want that. Point, we don't- Will. You might as well say we're about to win. So, <laughs> no, say we're gonna lose, please. So we actually win. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go put ten dollars on Rutgers money line after we. <laughs> all right, so book it. That is a Indiana win. Um, yeah. All right. Now I'm gonna change my pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with that, uh, hopefully they, you know, and even when we pick them to lose, we don't want them to lose. Obviously, uh, we are all Indiana fans, so we we would like to see them win. Um, but also, I would like to shout out the women's team. They are ranked 11th in the country. That is the highest they have been in program history. Um, it would be wrong of us to go talk about IU basketball for all this time and not mention the fact that the the women's team is, you know, having a record-breaking season. season. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's a it's a program-asserted uh, season. I mean, it's the best best season they've had in the program's history. Um, and they're a team that can man watch out. Final Four, maybe even championship game. Def, I mean, like, I could see them. Grace Berger out there. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nasty. Yeah, they're legit for sure. But that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we will have this out Tuesday uh, at the earliest and Wednesday at the latest for everybody to listen to. Um, we will be right back next week. And keep a lookout for the uh, the GOAT episode that's going to be coming soon. I know people probably want to hear me and Will go back and forth between LeBron and Jordan. Uh and keep a lookout for our uh, picks of the week. Uh, might throw those up on Twitter. Might, uh, and we will definitely talk about it on the pod next week. So, once again, thank you so much for listening. And that's going to do it for this episode.